I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to begin reading in verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 2. And as we read, what I'd like you to focus on is the emphasis of this text on the commitment to vital relationships. Okay, the commitment that the Apostle Paul and the church in Thessalonica had to vital relationships. The word of the Lord. But brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, let me just, I'll give you this as a little bit of background here. If you were to go and read Acts chapter 17, you would find the establishing of the church in Thessalonica. Okay, it's on Paul's, I believe it's on Paul's second missionary journey. And he goes to this town, a a church is established through the proclamation of the word of God. And a pressure arises from the Jewish community within Thessalonica that forces Paul to leave the town in two and a half to three weeks from the starting time or founding time of the church until Paul's departure. So you start to think about that and say, what would it be like for a church to be established in a difficult area where there is active persecution and the leadership of that church is forced to leave prematurely at best from a human perspective? Okay, that's the situation And Paul is now writing a letter to this church that he was forced to leave quickly as a means of encouragement to them and also as a means of emphasizing the value of his relationship with them and his commitment to that end. So, but brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord when he comes? Is it not you? It's an amazing statement, isn't it? A lot of the words that are attributed to Christ in terms of glory and praise and hope are now attributed to the body of Christ, which is his representation. Isn't it you in the presence of our Lord? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way, the tempter may have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. Fascinating revelation of the heart of the Apostle Paul, isn't it? Just kind of laying out exactly how he feels for these believers. And what, what I'd, I'd like to focus on this morning is this. The fact that Paul had a deep affection and love for the body of Christ. He loved the church. And he was devoted to its success. He was devoted to glorying in what God was doing in people's lives. That was, that was the heart of the Apostle Paul. And the question I'd like to put before you this morning is we take time today to reflect on our life as a church family, as a church body. D- does Paul's heart for the church reflect my heart for the church? 
his level of devotion and commitment to the body of Christ as the expression of Jesus on planet earth. He loved it. He was devoted to it. He did everything he could personally and sacrificially to see that she succeeded for the glory of God. Okay, is when I think about my participation and my relationship to my church family, do those kinds of passions and deep affections and commitments drive me? When I think about my relationship to the body of Christ, I'd like to put that question to you this morning. How do you see the church Does my life, does my relationship to the body of Christ say, I value the body of Christ and want to be an important part of what God is doing in this church community? Now, I want to just quickly diagnose this text by looking at Paul's relationships in terms of their character. What were Paul's relationships? What was his commitment to the church like? In verse 17, I think we could make this simple observation. His relationship to the church can be described as one of deep affection. Paul's being taken away from the church in Thessalonica. He uses the word in the Greek, orphanizo, to be orphaned. He, it, it struck Paul deeply that he was forced to have a break in his relationship with the church. It was a deep wound for Paul to be sent out of Thessalonica necessarily, but also so quickly. It, it, it damaged him because he had this longing to be with them. The idea literally is that he was homesick, that he couldn't spend time with his brothers and sisters in Christ in the church in Thessalonica. Verse 18, in light of that longing in his heart, end of verse 17, he says, Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. All right, so the idea is what? Paul sought restoration. Paul sought being with his fellow brothers and sisters in Jesus on a repeated basis. So his relationship with them can be characterized by deep affection, by diligent effort. Okay, he would, he would move heaven and earth to be there, to do everything he could. Now, I remember when I was date, first started dating my wife. Uh, and you know how this works, right? When you are first meeting someone, affections run high, and you, you can justify just about anything in terms of what you're willing to do to spend time with that person. Right? I remember one time, our student pastor fellowship at our church had a dinner that was planned about an hour away from our home church. Okay? My wife was the lifeguard at the camp two hours the other direction. Okay? So here's what I did. I drove two hours to pick her up, two hours back, an hour to the place to eat, an hour back to where we were from, two hours back to the camp, and two hours back home. And my parents were kind of like, what are you thinking? <laughs> so, well, who's thinking? <laughs> right? It made perfect sense to me to spend eight hours on the road to be with her. Why? Because she had won my heart. She had my affections. The Apostle Paul felt in a similar way about the body of Christ. He loved the church. And he would, he would literally adjust his life, make personal sacrifices. That's what you'll find at the beginning of chapter 3. We thought it best to send Timothy to you. Who's Timothy? Timothy is Paul's valued counterpart in ministry. And what's he saying? We were so desperate to know that you were okay, that we sacrificed, we altered our own personal desires to be sure that you were okay. 
That's affection. That's diligence. That's effort. And he says, we, we kept plotting. We kept moving things on the chessboard of life to see how we could see your needs met. Deep affection, diligent, and constant effort. But then this thought also, the idea of delight. You are our joy, the end of this chapter says. You are our, our glory. You're our crown. You're, you're, the, you're what drove us. Do you see? So Paul could, could write, and, and in verses 19 to 20, he, just, he says, what is our hope and our joy, our crown, in which we will glory in the presence of Jesus? And here's what he says. Isn't it you? Isn't it you? Isn't it people whose lives you have been blessed by God to reach into through the power of the Spirit of God and see change in them? Folks, that's what the body of Christ is about. The church is about us loving each other with deep affections, with intention, with strong commitment to what we're about. Why? We're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. When my daughters prepare to come home, because now most of them are gone, one works third shift, so it's like she's gone, so our house is virtually empty. Okay, you know what I look forward to? I look forward to times when we can be together, right? You, you with, with affection, with a lot of thought, with a lot of planning, with a willingness to expend resources, you, you try to find ways to be together. Why? Because those relationships are deeply meaningful to you. They are a joy. And it's in the same sense that parents talk about their kids when they get out of the house and they're gone. And I have recently been finding myself being one of those annoying people that I used to listen to. Why does it just... Well, it just why is, there's no grandkids involved yet, okay? And I'm starting down that road, okay? What is it? It's those relationships that are part of your family experience are precious to you. You've poured your life into them. And they, as a result, what happens? They mean something to you. That's what Paul's saying. We came. Yeah, we experienced persecution. Yes, we've suffered. But you will not find a hint of that in Paul's experience in terms of the focus of attention. What's the focus of attention? It's you in the presence of Christ. And here's the way that I want to say this. Believers are the source of joy for Paul because they collectively represent the triumph and victory of the work of Christ. What's exciting, Paul? What's exciting, Paul, is that these people in Thessalonica were formerly pagans. That's what chapter 1 says. They've come to know Jesus Christ and have been transformed and all of the glory is exalting and going towards where? Towards the throne of God. And Paul says, you are our glory, you are our joy, you are our crown in the presence of Christ. When this work of salvation is completed, it it will be the body of Christ that is presented to Jesus as his supreme reward and glory. And Paul says, that drives me, that motivates me. Joyful fellowship in the body of Christ validates the sacrificial work of Christ and missions. And that joy does what? That extends into eternity. That's when you read in the book of Revelation about our experience in glory. What is it? It's celebrating what Jesus Christ has done and we are there to represent the accomplishment of His cross work. Paul says, that excites me. And I think, folks, what we need to do in terms of our relationship to the church is take another look and realize it's not just people. It is individuals who have been redeemed by the grace of God. 
whose life trajectory has been affected and changed and altered. And we have the privilege of working with one another and loving each other. That's what Paul's saying. So his relationship to the church was one of deep affection, diligent effort, and delight. Why? All right, two simple answers to the why question emerge out of the text. In verse 18, Paul says this. He says, we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. Okay. Paul wanted to go to the church for the purpose of encouragement. Satan, the adversary, intervened to interrupt his efforts. What was Paul aware of? Paul was aware of the fact, and if you get into verse 5 of chapter 3 real quick, here's what it says. He says, for this reason, I could stand it no longer. I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter, which is just another name for the adversary, I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have become useless. Okay, what does that tell you? It tells you that, that Satan is active in his opposition, so we need to do what? Ephesians 3 tells us, stand firm together as the body of Christ. Right? If Satan is attacking, what is Paul saying? He's saying, I am moving into places where I can buttress, where I can support and strengthen and encourage brothers and sisters in Christ. That was Paul's view of church life. And he held this view of deep affections and diligence and all those sorts of things because relationships were important to him and he understood that each of us face difficulties and struggles. That's part of life. There are troubles that come in relationships. There are troubles that we face physically. There's temptations and adversity from the evil one. That's part of the experience that we have as Christians. And the Apostle Paul is, is, is diligent in relationships because we all face sustained opposition and because verses 2 to 3 of chapter 3, we all need encouragement. Folks, life is difficult at times, isn't it? It tears pieces off of you. Okay, it is, it is difficult from a number of angles. Add into that the opposition of the evil one. Guess what we need? We need vital relationships. We need people who stand together with us, who hold us arm in arm, or hold us accountable to the work that God has called us to do. Paul loved the church. So the question that I would just put to you this morning, and the challenge that I want to give to you this morning is to, to, to ask yourself, do I love the body of Christ? And is my relationship with my local church characterized by devotion, by affection, by diligence, by an understanding that people in this room are facing opposition and need someone to come alongside? And to help them and strengthen them. That's one of my passions for the church. Is that we would love each other in this kind of way. That we would love each other with a deep affection. With diligence. With effort. With delights. Because we know that we live in contested territory. And what brings the most glory to God is when the church stands strong and unified together. In a way that causes people to say, there is something different about them. They, are, they look like a true church. Like a group of people that is devoted to exalting the name of Jesus Christ together. Right, with this conviction, folks, that we are all better together than we are when we are alone. Right, and I don't see any other way to take this text. Paul's manipulating circumstances send people and help because he loved the church. And ultimately, what is it about? It is about us collectively in the presence of Christ one day for his glory. And it is about us today being his light, being his witness, being his body. 
where God has called us as his church to live. It's why in the book of Hebrews, the writer says this. He says, and let us consider, let us think about, let us be creative. Just like I was when I was dating my wife, I, was, I had to be creative because of our circumstances about finding ways to be with her, to see that relationship encouraged, to see it grow, to see it strengthened. Okay? When you understand that it is vital, that it is crucial, that commitment to the body of Christ, guess what happens? You become creative. You start to alter the trajectory and the plans of your life so that what matters is supported. Okay? We live in a world where there is not a tug of war, but a tug of time. Okay? There's a tug of time that we all deal with. How are we going to use the 24 hours that God has allotted to us? And how, in the mix of seven days a week, 24 hours a day, will we express the value of the body of Christ? Will we find ways to be diligent and delightful in encouraging one another and in, in spurring one another on? So let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. There's the commitment. Let us be regular in that. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. What day is that? That is the day when Jesus Christ is honored by the coming of his bride. That's the day. And folks, when you think about that day, I believe this. I believe it will alter how you relate to the body of Christ today. And I believe it will drive out of us a deeper sense of commitment, a deeper desire, a stronger diligence to be creative in figuring out how we live life together as the body of Christ. Okay, and that should be our passion as a church family. How do we take care of each other? How do we get involved in each other's lives? And it's going to take creativity. Why? Because there is a tug of time. There is a tug of time that we all wrestle with. So many options, so many different things to do. Not all require a place of priority in our lives. I believe our relationship to each other, based on the teaching of Scripture, on a broad scale, does. And so Jesus sent the disciples out, not one by one, but what? Two by two. Okay? He calls people to live together in a church that's called the body of Christ, where there's a plurality, where there's a group. Why? Because we're better together than we are when we're alone. That is the passion of the New Testament for the church. May that be our passion as the body of Christ. Let's just pray real quick, and then we're going to have some people share with us this morning. Father, let 